Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 16 of Poor 360, the show that covers topics of importance and just general topics that are going on in the world that are worth discussing here on this program. As always, I am your host, Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, this show was one of the few that weren't performed live at LafiCon, so obviously there's no audience here. It This show doesn't really lend itself to a live in front of people format. Um, maybe if it, depending on the topic, it would be more interesting, but it's kind of more one note. It's more of a discussion between me and you, the audience, as it is to lending itself to a, a live interactive space like that. So I know I spoke last week when I was talking about, um, the cathedral and, uh, the Notre Dame cathedral that this week was going to be on the Mueller report. That was the intention. The week got away from me and I wasn't able to actually read the report to actually provide a, uh, good opinion on it in comments. But I actually went through a bit of a interesting um, personal experience while at LafiCon, and then something happened with uh, back in my hometown on Facebook, that, and they're all kind of tied together, and I thought that would be a good topic this week. So this week's episode is actually going to be on prejudice. So... Now, you're probably wondering, well, actually, you probably know what prejudice is, but just as a refresher, for those of you who don't know, now, prejudice is an effective feeling towards a person or group member based often on that person's group membership. The word is often used to refer to preconceived, usually unfavorable feeling towards people or a person because of their political affiliation, sex, gender, beliefs, values, social class, age, disability, religion, sexuality, race, slash ethnicity, language, nationality, beauty, occupation, education, Criminality, sports team affiliation, or other personal characteristics. In this case, it refers to a positive or negative evaluation of another person based on that feelings. That's based on that person's perceived group membership. So, prejudice can also be referred to unfounded or pigeonholed beliefs, and it may include an un, any unreasonable attitude that is usually resistant to rational influence. Uh, Gordon Alport defined prejudice as a feeling favorable or unfavorable towards a person or thing prior to or not based on actual experience. For the evolutionary psychology perspective, see prejudice from an evolutionary perspective. Awistad from 2015 defines prejudice as characterized by symbolic transfer. Transfer of a value-laden meaning content onto a socially formed category and then onto individuals who are taken to belong to that category resistance to change and overgeneralization. Prejudice can also be classified as a reaction to a race and or culture based purely on experience. So... Here's the situation. I'm going to talk about the kind of the negative one first and then the positive one after. So, this kind of took a little bit, kind of just a 
hometown experience that kind of blew up on social media while I was at LaFeeCon. So there's a restaurant that I've been to a few times growing up that it's a, it's a burger joint that's um, it's really good. I've gone there on a few occasions. Uh, I've brought Liz there. They make good food. It's one of those like local burger establishments that has a loyal fan base, like a following. People always go there. When some people come to visit the town, if they're if they're former locals or if they're from out of town visitors, they always want to check out, get it, just because it's a unique uh, food choice, like unique burgers that they way they make it and the fries and all that. It's just really good food. But something kind of kind of social media, as we know, we're in the age where people get upset about a lot of things. Some are unfounded, some are justified, and I've had friends on Facebook and stuff take. Um, they've kind of been split. There's been people that have been against this people that have been for this and people think that the other group so it's it's gotten very negative and hostile and i just kind of want to throw much as in so let's get the context first so this is actually over just a bumper sticker which you think really wouldn't be a big deal so this restaurant um i don't think it really matters if i tell you um if you are from the midwest you may have or from central i know you may have heard of this restaurant uh if not you're probably never going to check it out so it doesn't really affect you any. but this uh restaurant is called uh Gross Burgers, which is located in Danville, Illinois, or near Danville, Illinois. It's kind of, I grew up in Danville, but this is might be in Oakwood. It's a, a little further east towards Indiana. So, there's a bumper sticker that's a, a United States Marine Corps bumper sticker that um, says, um, has, says USMC on the side, and then it says, if you can't, big red... Uh, can't see an apostrophe T, read this, which is pointing an arrow to, which looks like Arabic um, writing. And then it says, if you can't read this, and then our side in big red bold letters, thank a Marine. So, that's the country. This supposed to be, um, and sorry, I, I kind of didn't, it's Gross Burgers, uh, uh, the owner of the burger joint, his last name is Gross, so it's his burger joint, but it's kind of weird that you're going to go to a place called Gross Burgers to get your food. So that's that whole thing, in case you were confused. So this is uh, from the local uh, paper and article. It says, uh, a message at a restaurant is getting a lot of negative attention. Um, some say this message is offensive because it makes it seem like there's something wrong with speaking Arabic, or we are protected from people who speak Arabic because of, of the armed forces. The owner of Gross Burgers, Brad Gross, says the sticker was not meant to be offensive. The bumper sticker has been in my restaurant for more than a decade from a Marine that served in Iraq. He brought it in and asked me to put it up, and I said, sure, go ahead and put it up, and it's been there for all these years. Says Gross, despite recent flack about the sticker, Gross says a lot of people in the community have still been supportive. So, like I said, it has been up for over a decade, and honestly, I've gone in there a few times since it's been up, and I've never even noticed it. So I'm assuming some person saw it, got offended took a picture of it, put it on social media, and then it kind of caught traction. And people who've gone there either doubled down on the fact that this doesn't matter, or people got upset and threatened to, like, if you don't, some people did the whole thing as, I don't care what their beliefs are, the food is good. It's kind of the same, it's kind of the same reasoning as, remember when Chick-fil-A, um, became kind of like their owners were very anti-LGBTQ, and... People were boycotting it, but people also, they really like the food, and it's, they put them in an awkward spot. So it's kind of one of those situations. So, yes, you're putting um, your taste for a certain type of food or a certain way it's made over your beliefs by going there, but 
So he didn't put it up. He's obviously he's not going to take it down. But I feel like you're getting upset over a sticker. It wasn't like he was chanting that while making your food. It is just a sticker. And this is kind of how prejudice come. You're... Yes, the, the license plate itself is prejudiced by saying... Speaking Arabic, writing Arabic is a negative. And that the Marines are protecting from that. So it's kind of saying that... It's putting a two sides. It's a, that is the enemy. That is something you do not want. Then... It, so it puts you in that kind of perspective. Like, oh... Because of the military, we were protected from... People who speak Arabic. And the fact that... And we can't read it is a is a good example of like our military is taking care of us. So it's it can it it's the people who are pro military who think that people who are against this are against the military. It's people who think that uh, people who speak Arabic and people from the Middle East um, are kind of uh, a scourge, for example. That they're that there's something that's considered negative, that they don't want that around who they don't want people here. The same people you see that are yelling at people in a restaurant for speaking a different language than English, like people the people that say, this is America speak English, even though America was always the great melting pot, and a bunch of different cultures, and people came here to escape persecution. Even we came uh, to America originally to escape religious persecution because of the Protestant faith and and obviously a lot has happened since then. That's hundreds and hundreds of years ago now. But we I think we're putting too much stock in an inanimate object. This is kind of how prejudices are formed. Obviously you're putting negative stuff against this guy who claims yes he didn't put the cigarette himself. And if you've been in there it's not like it's an out of place thing. It's a he is a former military man. The restaurant itself is decorated with a lot of military signs, posters. I believe there's a Humvee kind of strapped to the ceiling, or like a fake Humvee, and there's uh, bushes, people in ghillie... Like, not people in ghillie suits, but there's, like, mannequins in, like, ghillie suits and military attire. So it's not like it's... It's not out of place there. It is a very pro-military establishment, and their food is good. Yes, I disagree with what the sign says. I don't think... Speaking Arabic is considered a negative by any means, but I also think that people are blowing a bumper sticker out of proportion. Like, if you see... Like, if it, was, if it was on your receipt, for example, then it's just taking it a little bit too far, but it literally is... You're getting upset over an 8-inch by 2-inch... Well, that's probably a little bit small. Like, an 8-inch by 4-inch piece of plastic adhesive that has writing on it. Seems like a little much. So that was kind of my one two cent story. So it is a central Illinois thing and it's caused a lot of heat and hopefully it dies down. I'm not to say I'm never going to go back there because of this message, but I'm not going to go there specifically because of this message. I'll probably forget about it well before I go back to that restaurant, but I'm not, I don't live down there anymore. I haven't, the many times I've been back since I've gone there, I probably haven't had that restaurant three or four years. So it's not like, I'm putting a stand for or against it by not going. It's just not convenient, and I usually don't think about it when I'm home. So, that is that. So, now to the other part of this story. Which involves a recent experience that Liz and I had on our way home from LaFiCon. So, we left LaFiCon a little bit early because we had to get back because it's Sunday. We had to pick up our dog from uh, where it was being kept. 
we had to um, kind of get wind things down, get our stuff together for the work day on Monday. So this was I'm recording this on Monday. Uh, so this all happened yesterday. So we're driving along. We are about an hour or so away from Lafayette, Indiana, where LafayetteCon was held, where the whole network was kind of assembled to do this. And while driving on the highway, just uh, going roughly the speed limit, I noticed I couldn't accelerate, which is like, oh, that's kind of weird. I was in the left lane. I was trying to go to pass a car, and I just was not getting any momentum. I was just... Pedal was going down, nothing was happening. I was actually losing speed as I was going. So Liz was asleep at that point. So I kind of, I said, Liz, uh, I think we got a problem. So I pulled over, left the car running. No warning lights came on. The car wasn't overheating. I popped the hood, checked it out a little bit, checked some of the uh, fluid levels. Nothing I really could say to figure out why this was wrong. My first instinct was that it was possibly the fuel pump because I had that experience in my car. I was driving Liz's car at the time, but I had that experience with my car. I was driving along, the fuel pump went out, and I just I couldn't do anything. The car essentially shut down. But this was a little bit different because the car was still appearing to run fine. I just couldn't get, I couldn't get the the gas pedal to give me any forward momentum. So I shut the car off. Uh, I'm a AAA member because when Liz and I went to a travel expo, there was like sign up for AAA for like 20 bucks for the first year or something like that so it was pretty good deal it's like even if i don't use it it's still 20 bucks and like there's like jump starting um some towing options there's they have travel assistance you can call them if you're in a kind of a predicament so i was thinking they're like well we're stuck here on the side of the highway at a mile marker between towns like it's not like i can push this off a ramp to or i can't it's not like i can push this down the street to a gas station and figure it out from there like we're literally kind of in the middle of nowhere so called uh liz had a triple a card so we called the number explained our situation they arranged a tow truck and it was a sunday so all mechanic shops are essentially closed like most mechanic shops close midday or around noon on a saturday and then don't open again until monday morning so sunday after mid, well, actually, Sunday was right around 4 o'clock Eastern time when this happened. So, we're kind of stuck there. They, um, they're able to arrange towing, but they called um, area mechanics places and none are open. We looked on Google because we had service. Nothing open. We got a hold of one guy. We said it was open, but he actually was not. He wasn't able to help us out. So, unfortunately, we were stuck. Like, there, we were... Two hours plus from home. Obviously, can't tow the car all the way there. That's AAA covers a little bit in terms of mileage, but it's like six dollars each mile after that. So it had been like almost a grand to get us the rest of the way home. So that that was out of the question. It doesn't didn't make sense. So we had our car towed because with AAA we got like six miles of complimentary towing, or like you pay like twenty bucks instead of like the usual like hundred fifty or whatever it's going to be. So they towed us. Um, we found a mechanic shop that had good ratings, that was nearby. It's like four miles from where we were. So parked it there, called them a couple times, left various messages. We called them once when we were stuck on the highway. Just as we th- Originally they said they were open, and that's a whole other thing. AAA, it was a little confused. Um, but we parked there, got it all kind of situated, um, left a message saying, like, um, we're stuck here for the night because... Obviously, we can't go. There's we're not gonna. There's no rental car place. It's a. We were stuck in a super small town, so no cabs, no rental car. 
uh, no transport of any time to get us to a place we could stay. Um, we ended up walking to a restaurant, about 15 minutes to a restaurant that we could eat at, charge our phone, kind of get our bearings, get a little something to eat and drink, and kind of figure out what we're doing because we're not going to try and get transport back home. We'll have to be back the next day to deal with the car. So we ate, we got food to go because it was still early enough. It was like four o'clock, five o'clock. We weren't really hungry because we had a late lunch and we didn't want to be just stuck on the, and we just didn't want to be stuck somewhere. We ended up getting transport to a hotel. We don't want to be stuck without food. I have to kind of raid the vending machine. So we got food to go and we tried Uber and Lyft and since we're in the middle of nowhere, Uber and Lyft don't help us out. Like we were, uh, we eventually got one person, but that was, I'll kind of get to that in a little bit. So, I called the hotel that was nearby that was decently rated, and it was a like a Baymont Inn. We stayed the days and night before, so we're all kind of staying in that Wyndham hotel chain family. So we we talked to the lady and said, like, um, is there any cab company or anything that we could use? And she said, uh, no, there's not a cab company, but you can go to the police station and see if they can help you out. I was like, that's a, an odd request. Like, you don't just typically go to... A police station like i need a ride because what car are they going to take you in the cop car the answer is the cop car so they were very nice uh put us in the back of a squad car so that's an experience i have and they are not comfortable i will say that now i have long legs and i was crammed uh first behind uh because we had to obviously our bags like our book bags had like our clothes and toiletries and stuff in it we're still with the car so the cop had to take us to the um, to get our, to our car to get our stuff and then take us the rest of the way to the hotel so we can have a place to stay for the night until the next morning. So, first time I got behind the the cop in the... So, it was right behind the driver's seat. And, yeah, I had... There's literally, like, six inches of space between the the metal backing of the, of the cop car uh, behind the driver's seat and, like, the seat cushion itself. So... I have big feet, I have long legs, I was crammed in there and my legs were killing me for that short drive. So, there's a little bit more room on Liz's side, so I got in there, I could barely get my feet in and out, I feel like I was going to break my leg or twist my ankle trying to do it, so, either way we got in there, it was fine, it was awkward because we're literally in the back of a squad car, in the middle of nowhere, and no one really knew where we were. Like, we had let Liz's parents know what had happened and what we were doing, just because they were expecting us uh, later that night, so... Squadron took us to get our car, or our bags, and then took us the rest of the way to the hotel. We got checked in, uh, kind of just unwound, had our dinner later, and then slept the next morning. Um, the mechanic place called. I'm like, oh, are you keys in the box? And I, we were so flustered and kind of just drained from the weekend itself, plus everything that happened, that I didn't think to throw Liz's keys to her car in like the little key box. So they could, so you didn't have to be there to necessarily for them to work on it. So we were in the same situation. We were stuck like five miles from the mechanic shop at the hotel. Like, cause like the mechanic shop was in town. The hotel was right off the highway just for, you know, out of town guests, people that are traveling. So went down to the front desk. Like first we tried Uber and Lyft again, just fingers crossed. Maybe that's going to work. And it was 7 a.m. on a Monday. No one was going to help us out. So we went down to the front desk and asked, and actually um, the hotel maintenance person 
was able to give us a lift. He had a truck. He was a really nice guy. He took us out. Um, was able to let us grab some quick breakfast from like the the continental breakfast that most hotels have. So we got like our cup of coffee or like a uh, muffin and kind of went on our way. Got to the mechanic shop. Um, gave him the keys. They took it in. Checked it out. Um, it, apparently the battery had died because we either left the hazards on or something was left on and the battery just died. So they jumped it, let it run inside, took it around the city, out on the highway, ran it out just to put it, kind of put it through spaces to see if, because they weren't finding an issue. So he came back, looked at it some more and said, um, basically, I can't figure out, he like asked us how, asked me to describe what happened, said like they have no warning lights, they put the little, um, they put the thing on the computer to like check the error codes and that they had, they had no history, um, they had nothing that would raise any concern, and uh, basically said it's possibly it's the electronics for the the throttle body which controls the as the pedal it opens the flap that allows the fuel to flow. That I'm not going to get into the details on it, but basically it's kind of what I was describing. He said it's why the electronics on that and. Possibly to shutting the car off, letting it cool down, warming, and then starting it back up, kind of reset it so it's working properly again. It's like he said, I'm not the type of person who's just going to throw parts at a problem and hope that it fixes it. It seems to be working fine. I took it on the highway, drove three miles in one direction, then three miles back here, and I had no issues, nothing to report, no no warning lights. It says I, I think you're fine. Um, obviously monitor it because I'm not doing anything to it. So you got us fixed up. They had like $60 just for like their time to check it all out. And then we were on our way and got finally got home safe and sound. And I will say, like, we were in middle of nowhere, Indiana. And obviously, you think of people in the Midwest a certain way. Like, oh, this is kind of, we're kind of in hit country or we're, these people aren't going to be able to help us. Like, if we were in this situation, like, in a big city, obviously we wouldn't have the similar type of problems, but we wouldn't have people that's helpful. But anything we ran into, we had people to help us. The tow truck driver was able to like, since we didn't know where to take it because he knew very well that there was no mechanic shop open. So like he took us to one place where the guy said he could maybe help us, but he couldn't help us. He actually talked to him on the phone and was like, he's not coming out today. It's a Sunday. So from the mechan- or from the tow truck driver who helped us out to the, the, lady at the restaurant who <laughs> kind of understood our plight to the hotel lady who gave us some odd advice. We were really lucky to be kind of stuck around such nice, sincere people. And that was kind of a, it was it gave us a small town vibe. And we had, even if we had to walk 15 minutes to get to our restaurant, they, we got helped out. We could have been in a much worse spot. It could have been literally a barn and a tractor near where we were. And we would have been kind of, sh- <laughs> kind of SOL. But I think we're grateful and we're happy that no one took advantage of us. No one put us in a weird spot. We didn't have to call in any favors to try and make things work. And we were able to kind of coordinate with our jobs to make sure things weren't too crazy uh, on Monday. So I just want to say that we were thankful for all of that. And I think that's something that when people think of prejudice that... You can always think like, oh, it's small town, they're kind of backwards, they're hicks, they're not going to, they're going to be weird to outsiders, and we got none of that while we were there. They really 
gave us a good experience and I think I'm pretty well happy with how everything turned out now that we're back home and everything's getting back to normal. And I think that's where I'm going to leave Poor 360 for this week. Just that there's always two sides to every story. There's always a position that you might not be fully aware of and sometimes doing that little bit of extra research or just putting yourself in their shoes or seeing an experience from a different way can really make things in a nicer light and really can kind of help mend the divided world that we live in today. So for Poor360 for this week, I am Andrew Poor. You guys have a great week. You've been listening to Poor360. You can find us on the socials at Poor360 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics. You can find us on all podcasting platforms like CastBox, Podbean, Stitch Radio, Spotify, and many others.